national champions, 1980. Cardinals have won the national championship. 75th NCAA college basketball champions. All right, welcome everybody to another episode, episode 56 of the Third Banner Pod. I am happy to be joined by Kyle and Ty tonight. I'm your host, Ash. We are excited to be here, even though we're coming off of a, another loss by the Cardinals and Kenny Payne, who are now 3-27 and 27 in Kenny Payne's tenure as men's basketball coach in the ACC, a crisp 10% winning percentage. Uh, in the ACC play. So I don't think we need to talk any more about that. Uh, we can move win. right along. We don't even need to break down the game. How about you guys? They are, the the 10%, they are the 10%. They are the 10 percent when they say they give it 110%. They are that 10%. extra 10%. Win 10% of our games, boys. They did. They did have I actually watched the whole game. They did they did play really hard in the second half, but we're not we're past the point of that's a first, that's a year one moral victory when you're rebuilding <laughs> of course i know somebody's gonna make the joke well this is year one just ask kenny Payne. well we're not gonna go there it's year yeah, two yeah uh, it's year uh, two I, Lord, I don't care what he does man hey, i got good Couch news though. it's nice to see you guys in here i got good Max. news it's uh 304 days till we beat kentucky in football hell yeah hell yeah there That's we go here we need man i'm gonna hell keep my yeah. mouth shut this time <laughs> but i hope you're yeah. right <laughs> All right, Max, I have to write a 1,200-word paper that I haven't started by tomorrow. I know what I'll be watching while working it. Oh, no. Now, if you if you fail, it's not on <laughs> yeah. the third banner pod. I don't want that kind of pressure, man. <laughs> I deal with it about as well as Coach Payne is right now. Hopefully he's not writing it about how Kenny Payne wins games because he won't have 1,200 words for that. Oh, man. No, All right. Well, thank not. we appreciate you guys being in here. I really did have an epic fail last time. I did not say, please like and subscribe to the channel if you have not already and like yep. the content. I did not do that last time on our deep dive in the six coaching candidates that we did. I did want to briefly touch on that. Oh, guys, I got to cut you off one second. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, it, uh, it's been two weeks since I've been on, but uh, hey, I just wanted you to, I wanted to, uh, Give you a, a shout out for being on LSL tonight uh, with Ethan uh, uh, and company over there on Louisville Sports Live. Um, just tell us a little bit about your your appearance on there and how it went and what you guys had to say. Oh, we just kind of talked about these candidates and some of the rumors that have been around, which my biggest thing when I got on the Ethan show, which I've always been a fan of his show. Ethan's a good guy. Taylor seems I don't know Taylor as well, but also seems to be a good guy. And I appreciate being on there. But my biggest thing about the coaching candidates right now, like last week we had the episode where we broke down six coaching candidates. I made it very clear on there that these names are the biggest ones being floated out there in the agents slash coaching world nationally. Because from the university in, it's not, nothing's getting out right now. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want people to think well, these are definitely the guys. These are the only guys. And I've I've actually gotten a little bit into the weeds with that. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But on the show, I just want to make it clear that like, hey, names can come, names can go. And until we are in a position to move on from Coach Payne and this current staff, you're not going to get a whole lot of leaks, if any. I don't think any. 
from our athletic department. They're doing this the right way. They're working back channels with whoever, whoever they're interested in the most is we, nobody knows. I don't believe anybody. I want to, I don't believe anybody that says they know. Let me put it that way. I just don't. I agree. And that kind of gets me to the, that kind of gets me to this next point. So our episode last week, I want to thank everybody who tuned in. I got a lot of feedback. Thanks. Thanks, man. We got a lot of feedback, mostly positive about it. So I appreciate that. I do want to address a couple of things I saw and, and, you know, people take, People can take shots without taking shots, if that makes sense. And that's fine. I'm a big boy. I'm a grown man. <laughs> and I know you guys are too, so we can handle it. But I want to make it very clear. There was there was talk that leaking a coaching list, which don't even call it leaking. Discussing a coaching list is a better way to say it. Discussing a coaching list can cost this university hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in negotiations. I'm flattered that anyone thinks our little young upstart third banner pod. I hope that we have that influence. That hasn't even been on for a year. Could absolutely have that kind of impact. I am here to tell you it could not. If there are rumors out there about coaches being interested in our job, their programs already know if we know. So that is not a thing. It's not like people all of a sudden, like, let's say Arkansas goes, holy crap, I just happened to be surfing the internet and this little old third banner pod talked about Muss, put his resume up and said that he would be interested and we might be interested as well. So now we're going to go offer him millions of dollars to stay. Do you not think that if that was even remotely possible, that I would not be getting, you guys as well, would not be getting DMs or emails saying from our university saying, please take that down. They wouldn't just sit back and let us cost them that. It it was a ridiculous accusation. We weren't called out by name, but it was right after our episode and we were the only ones in the media, or we're not media, we were the only ones in the podcast world or on the radio that broke down a list name by name. Mm-hmm. And then I'm seeing shows come on after us saying, well, if you make a list, because I mean, somebody sent me the clip. They sent it to me because they're like, dude, they're talking about you. And it was clear as day. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, do they really think that's a thing that if we discuss these coaches, we're out here doing damage. And then the second thing I want to say is, yeah, there's a guy out there that likes to follow if I tweet a must g- g- a gif or whatever of Eric Musselman celebrating, I'm a huge Eric Musselman fan, have been for years. And if I tweet something, he likes to go text people in my circle that he knows I know. Let them know that he's the only one that knows anything going on in this program. He's the only one that has access to Josh Hurd. Josh Hurd gave him a top eight list, and he has that list. Musselman, Cronin, and Beard aren't on it. I'd love to know if none of those three are on it. Who in the hell would be number eight? Kevin Stallings? Because I'm running out of coaches here. But that's neither here nor there with me. My point is there's some negativity about coming out with a list that I was very clear came from the agent world (laughs) and that we may not be interested. So I say all that to say this. 
the people that seem to be the most upset have a common theme. They pushed Kenny Payne on this fan base to the point where I think they're not ready to come back around and say they were just wrong. We're all wrong sometimes. And somebody, some of us were skeptical from the start. And if I was hoping I was wrong, I really was. But the bottom line is like, we're not out here making stuff up. We're not out here giving out false info. The only thing I've ever said that I got that didn't happen was when, when coach Payne did not get fired after the UK game. It didn't happen. There's a million reasons why people speculate. I admittedly don't know any information I get is secondhand. I live in deputy Indiana. I don't talk to the AD. I don't think half these people that claim they do do either. I'll admit it. That's the difference. And we're just on here discussing stuff on a pod. And I, I, I just think that there's people that are upset that this whole thing hasn't worked out with Coach Payne. We all are. But I think some people have a hard time admitting they went all in, ridiculed the fan base for being skeptical. And now, you know, it's it's time to just all of us to move on. And if some of us want to discuss who we think are potential coaching candidates, we can do that. If you don't like it, fine. But I want, I want, I want to defend our podcast. Well, and the, most, the most crazy thing about it to me is like we're basically the show that's for the fan by the fan, yeah. so to speak. So it's like, yeah. can you really expect us not to talk about or bring up the type of topic that's probably the number one thing on? fans mind right now and that's the men's basketball coaching situation right. come on yeah and that's yep. the thing like i mean i get all these screenshots from people that are like or well from one person in particular that's like yeah don't listen to him he's basically cardinal craze and uh bring brom home guy like lumping me and trilly's an idiot and doesn't like little okay fine you can say all that but i mean i've, I've seen the shots I've had some interactions where it just didn't go the way I, I thought it should go. And I tried to be respectful at least and respectfully disagree. And I'm not here to go at it with other places. All I'm saying is our top, our list that we came out with is from the side of coaches. I will caveat all of it with this and, and conclude it with this. A lot of these coaches have ulterior motives in the agency world. Mm-hmm. Louisville is going to be the biggest job on the market this off season, there are a lot of people that are going to throw our name out with some sort of ulterior motive and not as much interest as you would think. And even some of the ones that are interested, our university may very well not be that interested. Now I'll push back on Eric Musselman, not being a candidate at all. I don't believe that. I'm not going to sit here and say he's our top candidate. I don't know. But I think there's enough out there to know that we would at least be interested in Eric Musselman to an extent. I don't know who all of our candidates are, but there's enough out there to to, to understand. There's probably some mutual interest there. How much on our end? I don't know. And with Eric Musselman, he changes on a whim. We know that. Everybody knows that. He's one of the most erratic dudes ever. So you never know. You never know if he has an ulterior motive. But I think there's at least some interest on both sides there. All right. That yeah, that all being I know said, you wanted, something you wanted to say too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, oh, Ty. No, no, I was I was just gonna say you you mentioned like the 
people were, you know, they're not ready to admit they're wrong. I'm, I still am waiting for the day when that happens. It's probably never going to happen when, when these people and they know who they are will come out and say, you know what, I was wrong and I'm sorry for gaslighting, you know, fans, true, you know, true, real, dedicated fans into thinking that they were wrong by not believing in Kenny Payne and not, and not buying in. Um, you said it well, Kyle, like we, everybody is upset that, you know, this isn't working the way we thought it would. Um, and, and I'm with you. I shared the same sentiments. I was skeptical at the beginning. I, I, I shared a few episodes ago how, you know, I remember when it was kind of starting to come out to come to light that he was going to be the next coach. And, you know, I had questions on recruiting and how strong his recruiting actually is, you know, coming to an Adidas school and things like that. But when you watch the opening press conference of Kenny Payne's, the, the introductory press conference, I mean, how could you not be excited, right? Like he, I thought he killed it. I thought he mm -hmm. did. I thought he killed mm -hmm. it. I bought in. I was in. Um, how could you not be? But, you know, the, unfortunately, that was really the sole highlight of his entire tenure. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we're not even the, the crazy part is, is we're live right now and we played last night and we're not even talking about it. Yeah, I mean, no I'll one, be because, honest with you guys. I didn't even nobody watch the wants game. to. Nobody wants to. I worked I, I last did night. Watch I didn't it get to watch start the to game. finish. But at some point, it does no good to break down these games when you continue yeah. to lose. You're going to repeat the same the thing every the same theme every time. Should, so. And that was the whole reason. Story. I, that was the whole reason for releasing that list last yeah. week because we were there. We were there. I was like, yeah, we can break down this Duke game we just played, or we can, you know, talk about the future, which. I yeah. want to get into that tonight. To transition, let's get, let's get excited about the future. I do want to mention uh, Big D has a comment here where he said he wanted to keep Kate, Kenny until the end of the season to save money on the buyout. And I just want to touch on that. You can't wait until that date to drop because that's some. I mean, that's way too late after the end of the season. The buyout doesn't drop till April first. You can't wait till the end to fire him. So even if you wait till the end of the season, you're not going to save money because you still you got to get rid. You, you got to cut ties as soon as the season's over. You can't wait a whole month. Uh, just yeah. to just to the portal more. season mm -hmm. actually closed to 45 days now, and it starts in the middle of March. I think March 5th, the day after the regular season ends. So Can I, think I bring up March something to you, March Ash, 15th. about that? Can I bring up Look. something? I, this is just a scenario that we had talked about in Discord, and I want to know if I'm just completely way off because you'll have more info. On, you'll more you'll know more than I do. So his buyout, of course, goes down on April 1st. And, and this is just my scenario. You tell me if I'm way off. Would it not make sense that they're going to probably announce that he'll be fired like early to mid-March? They'll kind of just say, Kenny, go away. We're going to officially terminate you on the first, and then they'll hire a new coach, and then that way they'll still get that two – they'll save the $2 million, or will it have to be like they have to fire him right then and there and just pay the extra two? Because there's no yeah. way – We I agree. They're not waiting until the first. You know, that sounds plausible to me. I, I've never been on the um, the side of the house. I've never worked on the side of the house where you handle, like, the contracts and stuff. Yeah. So I couldn't say for certain. But I do know that a lot of coaches' contracts have, like, certain clauses where you can't remove them as being, like, the head coach and that kind of thing and shift them into other responsibilities. And I could see a coach pushing back on that and saying, hey, I'm the head coach still. If you're okay. – and so, like – you might say you're going to do that, but like technically they're still the head coach. So how are you going to stop them from acting like the performing the duties of the head coach role? That then? Makes so sense. I just think it gets messy. 
Well, and I, yeah. I, I've not heard anybody mention doing this. Maybe I just haven't heard it, and it's been mentioned a lot. But why not just end the contract the day after the season and offer the amount to end it? Like, sit down with him and say, "Hey, we can just keep you for two more weeks, and then you lose two million dollars, or we can just go ahead and give it to you up front." Mm-hmm. If you, yeah, I now. think it's just because contracts generally have to have an exact date. Well, I meant like a renegotiated one where he sits yeah, down yeah, on the other side yeah. and says, like, why don't we end this two weeks early? You get your same amount of money. Now, he could say, no, I'm going to sit here and make you guys suffer for two weeks. That doesn't do anybody any good, in my opinion. I guess no, that's a possible doesn't. reaction. And with, with the way the staff has been, you just never know. But to me, the more logical thing to do would be to just say, hey, why don't we just give you your $6 million now to go? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, Like, uh, let's see. uh, Welch says, I don't think they'll pull the plug on Kenny until after the championship. They're not going to sit around and do nothing for a month after we lose in the ACC ACC tournament uh, and just sit around doing nothing for a whole month. They're not going to do that. If they do, it's actually a bad move for Heard. It is. You would would be firing KP – with with less with less than 30 days in the portal and you cannot do that to a new coach even no. if the coach is in the tournament still which that's the argument it's very unlikely they're going to be at that point anyway the odds are just low but even if they are you don't want to have a sitting coach and then have to get a search firm to check a box and say you did it and go through all that that's just more time you're wasting but i do i really want to get into uh, like the uh the future to speak about it of Speaking of new coaches, what is it that we need to see? Ben, oh, I know he's mentioned Ben McCollum. What do we need to see, guys, to immediately from our new head coach, whoever it may I'm glad be? You brought that up because I've been thinking the same thing to reignite this fan base immediately. And I've mm-hmm. I've got some ideas on my end, but I want to hear from you guys first. Well, I think the one thing that that couldn't comes to mind for me um just jumps right off the page is you need a completely different personality like kenny is so reserved and just doesn't show a lot of passion and that's just that's fine you can ha- you can be that way but i think to really just jump start things with a new coach you need somebody that's got a lot of fire and just shows a lot of enthusiasm right from the word go um and is really engaging with the fan base um, and over the summer is just really out in front of everybody and getting the fans engaged um, and just ha- brings a lot of energy. I, I think mm-hmm. that'll go a long way. Just having a completely different personality so that that way it just shows that there's going to be a complete 180 with the program. I think that's a starting step. I I, I, like button. I agree. I agree. MD. I agree. Before I get into mine, I, I, we brought up Tron's Sorry. comment a little bit ago. Tron, you don't have to apologize, brother. We we talk to you every day. We know how you are. You you didn't yeah, gaslight no. us. You weren't gaslighting or criticizing and calling everybody no, fake fans. Huh? No, sir. You're not. You're not what we're talking about at all. So no. you you believed because you know you, you're just like us. You're a fan. You wanted it to work, and there's no problem with that. There's no problem at all. But to, no, to I was, in, I was question, on board too. So. To answer the question, I completely agree, Ash. It's it's energy. The, my number one thing, energy, 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 which, in my opinion, it's why I think Jerome Tang was the best hire. I think um, people have brought up in, you know, last week when we had that show, his age and stuff. And, I, you know, if you watch his teams play and you watch him on the sideline, 
you wouldn't be able to tell that he's pushing 60 years old. He's super energetic. He's passionate, intense. Um, it's going to take that type of energy to essentially have, like you said, Ash, you know, going around and meeting fans, almost like a grassroots type effort. Yep. You know what I mean? Like grassroots. Bring, get out there, care, man. bring it back, you know, meet with fans, you know, tell them, you know, see what their concerns are, what they want to see oh, out of their team. Wait a minute. We're going to have to hit pause on this. Cause I gotta, I gotta put a stop to this. We cannot please know the Ohio podcast as, as an outsider here. Uh, what, what about Rick Patino jr? Like, yeah. no pause like dude was terrible at minnesota got fired like we we can't go that our next head coaching hire this is a top seven or eight job in the country like if this was ohio state football for example would they be hiring the equivalent of richard patino jr no no. It's a good question, man. I mean, I, I get it. Like, if you don't know really the background, and plus he is having a really good year, Rick Patino Jr. So I can see where somebody would look and say, "Hey, that's Rick Patino's son." They could they could mend that fence by hiring him, and he's having a really good year. But yeah, there's more to it than that. But anyway, Ty, what were you saying about uh? No, you're it, like I said, energy. The grass, it's going to have to be like a grassroots type thing, like getting out to local spots here in Louisville and, the, and around the community and connecting with fans, trying to bring them back. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, energy right off the rip. You know, I, I remember we all have our differing opinions on Chris Mack. I know my opinion is not the same as you guys, and I, I understand that. We don't have to get into that far. But I do remember when Rick – or when, when Mack was hired, he started recruiting right away before, before he was even introduced. I remember the tweets – yeah, offered this player, offered that player. I mean, he hit yep. the ball, he hit the ground running from from day zero, mm -hmm. day That's zero, true. offering kids. Um, the staff came along quickly. Uh, I know, I know, he brought a lot of, I brought a lot of the stuff. We don't. Masters hey, I said, mid. I said, we're not doing a deep dive into Chris. Mack I think now. the Super Six is the Masters of Mid. But you get my point, right? Like he hit the <laughs> ground running. It, it was quick. It was immediate. It was exciting to follow. Um, so energy, grassroots effort, get back to the fans, start connecting with the fans again. I feel like we've been so disconnected from this staff, which we we didn't think was going to happen, right? Like we thought Kenny, he's one of us. He's going to be able to connect with us. I feel so – I've never felt so disconnected from um, women basketball. I do want to say, Jason, why isn't there ever talk about Shaka? Well, Ty, oh, Ty, just, just bow out. Ty. <laughs> I knew Ty, Ty was going to have an aneurysm. No, 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 no. no. If, if, let's, okay, Kyle, you want to have to talk about Shaka real quick? No, no, no. I don't. I want to talk about the interest level. That's it. That's okay. it. I, I, like I would be fine with Shaka. Like, let's just answer the man's question. Let's just answer the man's question. Why isn't there ever talk about Shaka? It's a national perception. That Shaka Smart is very happy at Marquette. He loves playing in the Big East. His hometown is in Madison. He's in Milwaukee, which I think is around two hours away. And he he enjoys it there. He did the big school thing, even though it wasn't Louisville basketball. He did a big school, obviously didn't work out. And we're not going to debate why or why not, because that's just a whole thing that can last the whole show with me and Ty bickering. Uh, so we will just say that. It doesn't sound like he's very interested, but let me let me let me caveat that with the following. I actually would not be surprised at all if 
there are coaches who are actually interested in our job who are acting like they're not. And then the opposite, which is where you keep hearing guys' names mm -hmm. come up who are just trying to leverage, bargain, and negotiate, whether it's to put pressure on their current school to give them a, a, a new contract and a raise or whether it's because they have other options that they want and then they're using Louisville interest to put pressure on those schools. You really don't know. And that's what agents do. They disguise things. And so you have to really peel back the layers and, and you know, go through the weeds, get deep into the weeds to understand that. And obviously we can't do that on a show. We don't know. So the, long story short, maybe Shaka Smart is interested in Louisville and the whole idea is I'm trying to focus on my school and just lay low and do it the right way. Maybe Scott Drew really is interested as crazy as that would sound because Scott Drew's got it made. He just opened up a brand new arena a couple of weeks ago that he pushed hard for. He just got another monster commitment last week or the week before he's got it rolling, but maybe he does Maybe he's interested in a change of scenery. Maybe he's just bored. Maybe because there's not much going on in Waco. He's sick and tired of it. I don't know. But somebody like that wouldn't have to express interest early. They could just lay back and do things behind the scenes. And, of course, our side, if we're interested, which I have no doubt we'd be interested in Scott Drew, who wouldn't, that needs a coach, so if we had a genuine interest, we would probably want it to be low, low key as well. So you do need to take some of these names you hear a lot, even Eric Musselman, who I like, and do understand that it could very well be smoke screens for one reason or another. And don't rule out guys just because you don't hear their names, even though all I can say about Shock is he's apparently happy where he's at. That being said, let's move on. I want to talk about I want to talk about what I really want to see. I've written down some things about reigniting this program. I think there's really four key things that we need in our next head coach. And I've talked about these a little bit before. Obviously, number one, a history of winning, including in the tournament. Those things go hand in hand. People ask me all the time why I don't talk about Matt Painter more. He doesn't win in the tournament. He's a and great his coach. personality is kind of boring. Well, and that gets to one of my other points, too. I think whoever it is needs to be able to win consistently, and they need to have some sort of deep tournament runs. Now, people can disagree with me on deep tournament runs. I've heard all the arguments for why a guy like Painter can get over the hump in the tournament. I don't think Matt Painter's interested. I just threw his name out there because of the tournament lack of success, in my opinion. I don't think it even matters. Matt Painter is, is a Purdue guy. I'm just saying, for me, number one, history of winning, including the tournament. Number two, I think you have to be addicted and obsessed with basketball to succeed here. Now, somebody might say, isn't every coach a basketball junkie? And to an extent, yes. But I'm talking almost insanity. Like, like almost a level. Rick Patino is a basketball addict. Eric Musselman, even though he's struggling this year, is a basketball addict. I think whoever comes here, we are the biggest show in town. Louisville basketball, even though you wouldn't know it today going to the arena, is in a big city without any pro teams at the highest pro level. 
and basketball is king. You have to deal with a fan base that is addicted to basketball. Just because you're not seeing it right now in that arena, because mainly because of protesting and disinterest in the current product, it's there. And you can you have to be that way to jive with our fan base, which kind of leads into my third point. You have to have a big ego and embrace the limelight. You have to be the kind of personality Absolutely. that yeah. loves the pressure, the spotlight, that thrives in it because it can make you or it can break you here. Chris Mack's a good example. I think Chris Mack is a good coach. I don't think he handled the pressure here well. I don't think he handled some of the fan base expectations well. Now, obviously, at the end, we know what happened with him and the administration and how that went awry. But even before that, you could see some, some, some chinks in the armor. It was something where I just feel like it was just a little bit too much. And, of course, our current coach, Coach Payne, I mean, I don't think he handles the pressure well at all. He just shuts it all out. And, and keeps it pushes it all away and isolates himself and this fan base. Whoever it is, like Rick Patino is we're not gonna get another Rick Patino. I'm not saying that. Rick Patino's on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, but you can reference his personality. But I can reference his personality yeah. and his ability to embrace the limelight. Eric Musselman has that. I would argue that Shaka Smart has that, whether you like his other qualities or not. Um I think Jerome Tang has that. I think a lot of guys have it, but then there's other guys I think that would, would crack. Like I think Mick Cronin, I think our fan base would drive him up a damn wall when things get tough. Cause see, here's the thing when we're winning, none of this stuff matters because there's people that tell me, Kyle, all you got to do is win games. Duh. We all know that, but here's the thing. You are going to go through moments where you do lose. Where it's tough, yeah. Even Patino had years here where it was rocky. And so what are you going to do then? And I think there are certain coaches that will thrive in that pressure and other coaches that will fold. So you've got to have the big ego that wants to take on the limelight and just take it head on. And you get some of the egocentric qualities that you get with guys like Patino and Muss because that's what comes with it. It does. John Calipari at UK is perfect for them because he has a huge ego and he embraces it. And you see how erratic he can be. And then number four on my list, after embracing the limelight, is a cultural fit. You have to be, I think, our fan, you have to engage with the fan base frequently, especially right now. The biggest failure out of all the failures in the Kenny Payne tenure, in my opinion, is that he took over a broken program in need of someone to connect with the fans in a fractured fan base, and he severed that fracture. He took the fracture and made it into a full-blown break, metaphorically speaking. He just decided, I'm going to isolate myself completely from the fan base that's already fractured. And that just absolutely did this whole thing in, in my opinion. So whoever it is needs to be a cultural fit. So those are my top four history of winning, 
including the tournament, addicted and obsessed with basketball, a cultural fit that engages with the fans and preferably runs an up-tempo style of play because that's what this audience is used to. I mean, you can get away with running a slow, boring system if you win a lot. As long as you, you win. have the other qualities and you win. But, you know, we prefer an up-tempo. This, this area does. And then I will add a fifth Yeah, look thing how fast here. we turned on Mac when he started not winning. Yeah, it was boring basketball. I mean, it was and quick. Then, and the fifth thing that I added, which is it's more of an extra. It's not even the top four. But somebody in Discord has brought up a lot, has presented a lot of data to include age and the decline that happens after the age of 60. And I am at least willing to entertain his idea at this point that the overwhelming majority of coaches' greatest success is between their upper 30s and mid 50s. And by 60, they plateau or they tail off and start to decline. So you want a coach, if you hire a coach when he's 60, for example, that probably already has final fours and titles. That's very few, if any, people. And we probably can't get them unless Scott Drew really is interested. And he's not in the 60s, but he's won a title, is my point. Uh, he's actually a little younger, so he still has a little room, according to the data. Uh, now, a guy like Rick Pitino, who's a GOAT, he can succeed anywhere, any age. He's what they call an outlier. But I guess what I'm saying is a guy like Muss, a guy like he's 60 years old. He's very active and in good shape. But there, the data shows that what he's done is probably what he's going to continue to do. Or he, he might even have a little bit of a decline. So age is somewhat of a factor to me, more so seeing the data than before I did. But I'd still have must towards the top of my list. Don't get me wrong. But those are all factors for me. And I don't know what you guys think about any of those. If you disagree, if you agree. No, I, I think you pretty well nailed it. I, I think we both kind of touched on some of those. All three of us touched on some of those mm -hmm. same traits. Uh, and I think that the fan base is just – we're just begging for something different, to be honest. Like, mm -hmm. it's not just winning. It's like, we just need something different out of the face of our program. Like, somebody that's going to show you some fire and, and just mm -hmm. make you want to run through a brick wall. Like, we need that so bad. I just want to – the conversation has really engaged the, the audience here, and I want to touch on some of these. Um, Gregory oh, like, Joyner says, uh, please two like and subscribe. By the way, I'm throwing it out there before I forget. If if you like this content, please like and subscribe, and hit the notification bell for any emergency pods we do. Go, yeah, sorry. for sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Greg Joyner says uh, two things. Are we sure that uh, Greg Wright or Jay Wright is not an option? Um, I would say absolutely not. My thing is, he caught lightning in a bottle at at Villanova. Um, he's been out of the game for a while. And I'm not sure I trust any coach that hasn't really had to deal with the transfer portal in the way that it is and hasn't really had to deal, you know, work the landscape of NIL. I just think it's too the, – the, the, the next hire is too important to take any risk like that and, and not knowing what you're going to get. And I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that as well, but that's that would just make me too uneasy. I think it's – Again, we don't really know anything here. I don't think anyone truly knows what Josh Hurd's thinking, but I think it's safe to say that Jay Wright is not an option. Um, and Greg, you also, there was another comment from Greg that I wanted to talk about and touch on. He mentioned um, Dan Hurley. 
Grant, come on, brother. He, he just he just won the national title at UConn. Um, you a if you want to if he he's a Northeast guy, if you want to get into the whole what's a better job, go ahead. I don't think UConn takes a backseat to Louisville Not at anymore. all. Not anymore. Um, you, I think you also mentioned in another comment about better NIL and stuff. I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know UConn's NIL situation, but UConn is just as good a job as U of L. He's a Northeast guy. I personally, and Kyle knows, I was on the Dan Hurley train years ago, years ago, before he won a title. I was on it when he first got to UConn. I said, this Dan Hurley guy, this Dan Hurley guy is 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 something to watch. Um, we didn't even bother to take a look at him when we hired Kenny. So um, now he's won a national title and he's he's, he's doing big things. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to bring up is tactical bro. Last week in the comments, I was trolling you, man. We got into it a little bit, but brother, some of these names you're giving me are just insane. Now I have seen you spam Lamont Paris a few times, and that Roy is Munson's interesting. Trolling. One. Roy, Roy Munson's been trolling the whole time. Roy's yeah, trolling. I just ignored those. But, <laughs> hey, Tac, Tac just Bro, throwing names. Tac Bro, Lamont Paris is an intriguing one. I'm, I'm. He's got my attention. I'm looking. Last year was not. Not good, but this year he's doing really well. They're killing it. Um, didn't they? They just beat Tennessee last night, right? I believe. So, yeah, Lamont Paris got my attention, but then you followed up with Kevin Willard, Steve Masiallo. Uh, Masiallo. I mean, bro, Tinkle for Sprinkle, like, bro, what are we hey. doing? Mike Pegues again. You went back to Mike Pegues our second week uh, in a row. Hey, Come can on, I dude. say this? If there was one, like, if they said, like. I want you guys to think about this. You don't have to answer it on the spot because you might have to think about it. But if somebody was like, you get one candidate that is way out of left field, that is un- way under the radar, and you have to pick one, I'm going with Danny Sprinkle. I'm not saying I want him like above all these other names. I'm saying like you have to put one guy on your list of one of guys that like is way risky but also has like a really high ceiling and he's way under the radar. I actually have my answer. I'm ready. I got mine. Is it shirts? It's Steve Forbes. I it's see. I like Steve Forbes. I don't think Forbes. I'm talking Forbes like is, a, Forbes is like, an excellent X's and O's. His recruiting is taking an uptick. I don't, I don't mean like Steve Forbes. I'm talking about like a low major guy who's okay. Kim English would be another guy I would think about. That's P5, P6. I'm talking okay. like. <laughs> You get my point. They're under the radar, right? Like they're not That's on the fine. main. I, I meant the more. Main. I meant like if you had to hire like a guy like at a low major level. Okay, besides so Will, Will Wade. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> Will Wade was a. We're done. Even, We're done. We're I'm done. talking like a really okay. I don't I'll have give you, one. I'll give you English tie. I'll give you English. That would be. He's a good coach. Um, and then I wanted to bring I, I up Jeremy's I wanted to bring up Jeremy. Somebody said Pat Kelsey. That's who I'm talking about. Somebody okay, like that. Pat, okay, I get that. Um, and where he said, wouldn't Ole Miss be able to match or offer a beard? Um, you know, Ole Miss in and of itself is pretty well funded. One thing that doesn't get a lot of talk is the fact that Mississippi public schools are actually a little bit, uh, you know, they have a little bit of one arm behind their back uh, situation and that it's illegal for any state employee to have a contract that's longer than three years. Um, weird. And so coaches kind of like, they kind of get frustrated with that because, you know, coaches like to have that long contract. So a lot of times they have to work deals separately 
from the university with the uh, foundations and things like that uh, for the additional years. But it's just a, a thing that can be frustrating for coaches at times uh, that they have to go through that extra step. And then like clauses and buyouts duplicated throughout each contract can be very tough. So just some of the loopholes that they have to deal with and some of the, the, stuff that they that they wouldn't have to deal with at other schools can be kind of a pain. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up because being only allowed to have a three-year deal through your, your primary, you know, the school that you're employed by it is a little bit wonky. Yeah. So I know there's been a big push this, uh, this, I mean, it's been a push, but it's really, it's really taken. Sorry, somebody mentioned. Re- I don't even know who it was, but somebody mentioned Reggie Theus in the comments. They're just all talking about Kevin. Kevin Keats names. again. Tack bro, please don't don't. I mean, it's actually they they UK fans, so I don't know what they are, but uh, Tack bro, you're you're done. Tarios for life. I don't agree. We will not. I don't think we'll have to go to the diamond or rough. Not this time. But if we do, we do. So I, I did want to say, like this week in particular, the Chris Beard push by our fan base is really ramping up. If you look mm-hmm. at all the stuff, it doesn't matter what platform I'm on. If somebody makes a poll and they have a whole bunch of head coaches on there uh, and it says, which one do you want as your next coach? Chris Beard clears every single time. And every time I get online, there is like this huge. Months and pause. Don't bring up Dave Bliss. I realize there's one thing to like bring up jokes, but like bringing up Dave Bliss he tried on. to cover up murder. Is Holy Munson, you're getting close to timeout, brother. You're getting close. Yeah. All right. Um. Anyway, so the Chris Beard thing. Here's here's where I'm at with it. It's it's kind of a. I, I don't feel like I hear this a lot. I am not for it or against it based on his background. I am for Josh Hurd vetting him, taking him serious as a candidate. Mm-hmm. And if he decides he finds enough to not pursue him, I'm going to assume he did he did it for the right reasons, and I'm not going to question it. Yep. But I am also very supportive of if he looks into it and decides I'm okay with where he's at today. I've looked into the situation. I am comfortable bringing him on. Then he immediately goes to number one on my list. Besides, if he, if Scott Drew is realistic, which I just I'll have to see it to believe it with Scott Drew. So I'm not including him. I think Beard is is would be interested if we truly showed interest. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. That's the other thing. Everybody argues about it, but it's very possible he could be like, I'm I'm fine at Ole Miss or uh, I'm leaving Ole Miss, but it's not to go there. I want to go to here instead. I don't know, but. Long story short, I, I I trust that Josh Hurd is going to do his due diligence. And if if he decides he's comfortable with Chris Beard, he immediately goes number one on my list of realistic candidates who I think is realistic. And it's because he is, like, on paper, the allegations part aside, on paper, he's a proven winner. And he's about the safest option on the court that you can find, in my opinion. Now, maybe he could come here and just have a completely abnormal tenure from his the rest of his coaching career. I doubt it. Because he recruits well, his defense is insane. And his teams are all like, look, what he's doing at Ole Miss this year is just absolutely nuts. It's nuts. Well, sorry to interrupt, Kyle, but like I to your point, you could probably make the argument 
that out of the out of like that list of candidates, Beard is probably the best coach. Yes. You know what I mean? Now, yes. obviously, the reason why we're even having the debate on him or why there is one is because we, we all know why. We right? all know but why, yeah. We all know why. We don't have to get into it. But in terms of strictly a coach, he's probably the most well-rounded best coach. Man, and I got to tell you, I immediately dismissed it when I when we I, I mean it was months ago that I think Ty you might have been the one that brought him up and I was immediately like no but the more I think about it I'm like man first of all we're a country of second chances yeah and so like I, I don't know like I keep feeling myself waffle on that and I'm like you know maybe it, he's not gotten any trouble since like I don't know like I feel like we've got to have We've got to think about at some point a person should be able to move on. And we are a country of second chances. So yeah, I just want Josh Hurd to at least seriously yeah. look into him. And if he feels like it's too, then I trust that like there's enough there to where he's not because I totally understand. I guess I want to clear up my stance. I totally understand if we don't pursue him I yeah. do too. because of what happened. It, Bottom line, I don't know exactly what happened. Nobody does except the people that were there. But we can all agree on this much. Chris Beard was in a wrong, it was in a bad situation and handled it in a bad way. He should have never been in that situation to mm -hmm. begin with. So whether some of it was self-defense, whether it wasn't, the bottom line is he somehow found himself as the head coach of Texas basketball in a situation you should never be in. And you can only imagine what led to it getting to that point and there's no way that you're completely innocent of any wrongdoing i'll put it that way so i will go that far with it other than that i'm not i'm not gonna pretend i'm a damn detective investigating the guy's allegations i agree that's as far as i go but josh heard he probably needs to be a damn detective or at least josh, have people josh will it. have to do his homework and i think we all i think all three of us agree to put it to to you know and, and I'll, I'll conclude all, on this. All... I'll conclude on this with Beard. If we, if we don't pursue him, there is going to be a lot of pressure on Josh Hurd to find somebody that's equally as good as Chris Beard, and that's where it gets kind of hard. And I don't envy Josh Hurd because let's say he says, you know, this is not who we need to go after. I've, I've looked into this enough. No way we're bringing that here. There's going to be pressure on him to find because that's who everybody's going to look at and say, well, his whole job is not, people are going to say we should have Chris Beard. Whether it's true or not, Chris Beard may not even be interested, but whether it's true or not, people are going to say you could have Chris Beard if we bring somebody in here and they stink. I mean, let's be frank. Josh Hurd is hitching his job on this hire. Yeah. If it doesn't go right, he's not going to be here long. And so he's got to take the most sure bet that he can find. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, like I was trying to say, we, I think all three of us stand together in that if Josh does his due diligence and, you know, he truly looks into it and investigates and he determines that Beard is not the right fit for whatever various reason, then, then so be it. But in terms of actual coaches, he's probably the best on the list. You know what I mean? Um, I, I did want to like revisit something earlier when we were talking about age 
Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I've already mentioned that I feel like Jerome Tang is my number one choice. Um, I've gone into reasons for that, but someone that's really, and I want to defend you real quick. Yep. You're saying that right now on January 31st, there's still six weeks left to play out. Mm-hmm. If the rest of the season goes bad, you would change your mind uh, on him too. So like nobody come trying to pull receipts. If Kansas state fades down the stretch or anything, you're saying as of right now and what the resume looks like right now. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I've genuinely, I, I've said this. If they in missed Discord, the tournament, you wouldn't have the I'm, same. I'm opinion. not, I'm not putting too much judgment on just one season. It's like, well, there's we only had, been two. Well, there's been two, but it's like my same argument with Mick Cronin. And, and, you know, we talked about Mick and I'm not going to go into further detail, but Mick's season this year obviously has not been it, right? Like we all see that. I look at the totality of the resume. I look at Jerome Tang. And I know the resume is not much, but I think number one, he brings the energy that we need. He brings the excitement, the intensity, watch his teams play his defense. It's not the same style as Rick, but the intensity, the attention to detail you can see how well coached they are. Mm. You can watch his teams and see he hammers the, the basics, the fundamentals in defense. There's attention to detail. Players know where they're going, rotations. It's not like what we see when we watch Louisville play right now. In my opinion, he would be my number one choice. I think he has a super high floor, a super high ceiling. I don't I don't think the floor is bad at all. I know, but my second point here is another guy that's really rose quickly for me is Will Wade. Um I I love the the thought of how young Will Wade is and how if he succeeds here he can be here for twenty plus years. Well, um, and, I, and in your defense on Will Wade is the fact that I think that a rogue character would brighten the fan base and unite the fan base a little bit. It, it, I think because it could of the too. way we've been pissed off about things with the NCAA. I think it could too. Now, Wade has another thing it's like chris it's not the same as chris beer but it's another thing you have to, it's a hurdle you got to get through right mm-hmm. he has a show cause. yeah he has a show cause you're gonna have to find a way to make that work but in terms of making the hire i'm excited by a will wade hire i think a lot of people would be young energetic a fun style if he succeeds he can be here for a long long time and he could really recruit we know that um what he's done at McNeese in just this one year is nothing short of incredible. McNeese yeah, is not a McNeese is not like a strong, low major school. You know what I mean? Like they're hey, there's your answer then to Kyle's question. He looked for a, a low major school. Well, he said not counting Will Wade, but oh, you know, I didn't hear him say yeah. that only because Will Wade's been high major. Yeah, so right. I'm right. being a little bit facetious. But, um, I I as I think you're more summarizing my thoughts on Jerome Tang. Tang is number one on my list as of today, but, and normally I don't like to overreact over one season, but the argument would be, well, then you can't really look too much at last season as this major success. If you won't, but he doesn't have enough sample size in my yeah, opinion. That's exactly it. If you had a 10 year career, you could year. overlook one. Can because I make like Eric Musselman's career, career? You can't overlook one. Eric Musselman's yeah. a good example. He's having a bad year. Yeah, Eric Musselman has eight straight years where I can point and say, well, his worst year before this year was last year, but he went 22 and 14 and made a sweet 16. And we'd take that in a heartbeat right and now. And right now we would take that. I still love Jerome Tang. 
But I personally would be a little nervous, even though he's had injuries and even though he had a player wrongfully dismissed that was a key, mm-hmm. the best returning player on his roster now is playing at Memphis. Those are all things I take into account. But if he continues the way he has the last two games, it's been, I mean, they didn't score until like 11 minutes into the game. I think they Can were I make down. a real quick point, though? Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry ahead. to interrupt. I just, I got to make this. <laughs> Ty's like, pause. Let's, let's not, let's not confuse like Muss's bad year and, and, and Cronin's as the same as Tang. Tang is not having a bad year. It's just not what we expected. They're still 14 and 17. They have a few good wins. They're in the hardest, com- they're in the toughest conference in college basketball. The Big 12 is a, it's murderer's mm-hmm. row. It's murderer's row. And they're holding their own. I mean, look, I'm looking at the Big 12. Over half the conference is ranked. It's a well, tough, it, it, tough league. And he I, has, I'm interested to see how Tang does. We're just going to let you down play out the rest of the year. Injuries and Tomlin are yes. huge. I don't want to make excuses, but that's huge. It, it's, it, it needs to be included in the context. Yes, yeah, that's why I mentioned it. But, like, if but, they but, miss the tournament, you can't excuse – you can't just play off one year out of a two-year resume. It depends on how – I guess that was the point I was making. It depends. Because for me, like, if they go, like, 19 and 13, they're going to miss the tournament. But with everything that happened, it's fine. If, if It depends because, like, right now they're 14 and 7. But if they continue down the stretch to play like they have in these last two games – that would be a problem because it's one thing to lose to good teams in the Big 12. It's another if you don't look like you belong on the same court, which is what exactly. we're used to feeling here. And the last two games have been an absolute root canal. So my last point on Tang, I am still Tang Gang, but the way he deals with this here, this adversity, and I mean, I liked his answer where he, he cited the Bible and talked about discipline and I share, I retweeted it. I like the answer. He's basically saying, I am going to hold people accountable mm-hmm. and I'm going to hold myself accountable in the name of God. And we're going to discipline to get better and, and to strive for a better life. And I, well, however he said, he said a lot better. I don't have it memorized, but I'm curious on the court. Now I want to see how they react to two dominating losses. Now, Houston on Saturday, I actually expected that to be a blowout. It was just a perfect storm for a blowout. They lost a very close game to Iowa State that they probably could have won, and, you know, there's some sign-stealing accusations and all that that he was pretty fired up about. But they played well at Iowa State. Damn near won that game. Probably should have. They kind of had that same thing happen at Texas Tech. Played damn well. Probably should have won that game. So I expected them to come into Houston and get stomped. But when they came back home and played Oklahoma, who's been kind of teetering lately a little bit, they didn't look like they belonged on the same court. And it does give me a little bit – I just don't have enough years under Jerome Tang to say, well, this is an anomaly. I really don't know yet. So my key for him is – how do you deal with this here? And mm-hmm. I'm watching. I watch all of his games. Those boys got to find some offense, man. I agree. It has been offensive offense. I agree. Just what I'm saying is don't write them off. No, they're no. 14, they're 14 and 7. Not yet. If they win nine games in the Big 12, they are going to make the tournament. The Big 12 is the best conference in basketball mm-hmm. by True. far. 
they have games against Kansas, BYU, TCU, BYU, again, all ranked. They have chances for more signature wins. They have one against Baylor. That was a huge win. This is not, it's not the same. I know it, they haven't reached expectations that we expected. It's just not the same. So don't write them off. This is not, they're not bad. They're yeah, not they're having a bad year. Play out. This isn't like a negative on Jerome Tang. They're just, they're not having the same season we expected, but they're still alive. I mean, they could turn it. I mean, who knows? Yeah. They could flip the switch and, and win 10 in a row. And next thing you yeah. know, we're saying, hey, this is good. This is the guy. But that's what I mean. There's just still time to play out. But, uh, yeah, you know, one of, the things I look at, one of the things I look at uh, with Must is the fact that, you know, he's walked into two situations that were complete rebuilds. And make no mistake, that's, I mean, you you guys all know that's what we are right now. Like, he's going to walk into this and be like, hey, I just did it at two, my two previous spot stops. Um, Nevada was in a really bad spot when he got there. Mm-hmm. And, and he completely remade that program. Um, so I really like the fact that he's rebuilt twice. So there's a track record of being able to do that. I like his style of play. So that, and that factors for me. Um, so that's, if I had to say somebody was my number one, that's why I would say must is because of those two examples. But of all the names that have really been seriously mentioned, uh, whether it's last week on the pod um, or tonight, I like all these guys. Don't get me wrong. I, I do too. I do too. And I would be over the moon to see any of them on our sideline next year. I won't complain if it's Eric Musselman. I won't complain if it's Chris Beard. I won't complain if it's Will Wade or you know. I, I like a lot of the general names that have been thrown out there. I really do. Now, what I don't like oh, is sorry. Jamie I mean, Dixon from Tactical Bro again. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Dixon, like, come on, dude. <laughs> You, Desmond, you're absolutely right. Come on. Jamie Dixon's got to be up there in age, man. Unless he yeah, started coaching really young. Uh, I still Connor, can't believe Pitt ran him off. Like, I guess all that winning wasn't good enough for Pitt. No, I mean, here Connor, Connor brings up my oh, no. what, possibly my favorite of the hashtag nicknames. I'm not. Soaking, oh, man. Soak for Pope. We, we I didn't love Soak for Pope. I, I had to. I had to. Soak for Pope. Fornicate for Forbes. I'm all in. Tripping for Dixon. <laughs> Tripping for Dixon. Okay. Oh I would not complain if it's Shaka Smart. I've been on. I will complain. I will complain if it's Shaka Smart. Soap I will. Pope. I'm not going to lie. I mean, but that could be. We could either have that conversation bro, now, or we could do that another day. I I wish Shaka was legit interested, and he would be our coach. I don't know if I'd ever let you live it down, man. You know what, though? I do have to say this. He does need to do something in a tournament this year. If you're he a does. coach that might be interested, but you're really happy with where you are, you're probably keeping that pretty close to the vest, and you're probably not letting too much get out. Because like, if it's a deal where, say, he either wants to come here or just absolutely stay there, you don't mm. want to piss off where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, I kind of alluded to that earlier. Like, there might be guys that are saying that they're very rooted who are out of respect for their program and because they just rather keep it on the low. Because if somebody's seriously interested, I've actually heard Mike Rutherford speak eloquently on this, but he's basically said if somebody's interested in coming here, it's very likely that they're not saying anything at all. I mean, there's other people who are a bit more demonstrative. Like, I think the Mick Cronin push is genuine. I think he really does want to come here from everything that people that know a lot more than me have told me 
And, and so maybe, maybe I'm wrong because I get everything secondhand, like I said earlier, but the people that I get it from, I feel pretty good about. And they've all said Mick Cronin would be interested in coming here. And so when you keep hearing his name push, I think there's genuine sincerity there. But then there's other guys, and I don't know if Musk could be one of them. There's other guys that you keep hearing their name, and you got to wonder if they're not in it for something else. And uh, then there's guys who, you know, you really wonder. Like, I don't know, like, like Shaka Smart could be one. I know at one time it was very well known that Shaka was interested in Louisville, and it was when he was at Texas, I believe, and Chris Mack ended up getting I think he'd job. be such a good fit here, too, like. I do too, Ty. But yeah. or I mean, Ash, I do too. I, this I don't want to. We don't want. I know you probably don't want to go down it, and I don't want to do this. But this is all I'm going to say, Kyle. One of your first few points, you mentioned tournament success, right? You want that's a, a, a history of winning this year, Ty. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to make it. I know it, what you're going to say. A history of winning and tournament success. Shaka Smart has a Final Four. He has a Final Four. It's 13 years ago. And I know I sound like a hypocrite with this. Since since that final is four, is. he has not made it out of the first weekend. And that's it. That's all. Well, I'm and he say. was lucky to make the tournament the year he made the final I'm four. I'm not I'll trying to bring up specific years. I'm not trying to bring up the Texas years. He was at VCU for three to four years after the final four. It's hard and, to make a final four at VC. Tell me. I, I, that's not my point. That's not my point. Well, he wasn't going to make another one at VCU. I don't, I don't need him to make a second Final Four at VCU. He can't make it out the first weekend in 13 years. Well, and that's a valid point. 13 years. And we, we're going to go down a rabbit hole. You value the Texas years because they are, they, they really are on this record. I really don't. I am willing to overlook the Texas years now because he went back to his old system. He completely ditched it. And for me... I look more at his VCU years and what he's doing now at Marquette. So with that being said, I feel like last year at Marquette, he underachieved in the tournament. And if he does it again this year, I totally am on board because number one on my list is history of winning, including the tournament. And this year's team that he has, it depends on their draw a little bit, but I think they're going to be a really high seed he should get a second weekend out of that team at the worst. They're definitely going to be a top five seed, no matter what. So if if you, if you make a sweet 16, it's kind of like a wash. It's like, in my opinion, it's like, yeah, he, he did pretty well, but you know, sweet 16 is not over the top where I can just say, aha, told you he was going to dominate because, but it's enough in my opinion to at least I, I, my opinion would not change. But I'd really like to see him take that team to at least an Elite Eight, if not a Final Four, because they have the tools. And you can never yeah. judge a team off of just one game, but I've watched him a lot. And if they play like they did against Kansas in the Maui Invitational, I mean, my God, that's the team you need to show up every game in a tournament. And if that team shows up every game, they're going to be a tough out. But if he goes out there and loses in the first weekend – Man, that's the second year in a row at Marquette where you had a really loaded team and underachieved. And and you're all I mean, all my praise. I'm Ty's gonna talk shit to me forever because he'll because we've been arguing about this for, for months. I know it's been Listen, a long time. We, we, I'm, we, but I'm we, here for it. I will not, reverse my stance. It's not arguing, it's friendly banter and friendly I debate. I know. It's I, banter. I, I, I it's I, it's friendly banter. I love it. This that's strictly my point. Yeah, and the thing of it is, is a lot of people years. forget how 
how much like crazy stuff happened at Texas too. Like every year they had key players out with injury. The one year it looked like they were finally going to have a really good team. And then Andrew Jones gets diagnosed with cancer. That is true. I mean, I just, I didn't like their Texas style. Yeah. I I don't like that he changed his style, but like he, the year that Andrew Jones got diagnosed with cancer really looked like that was going to be a good year. You know, if you would have, if you could pull, and I, I was on the message boards, but I guarantee you my post and response to Shaka Smart when he was push when he supposedly was pushing from Texas to coming, they weren't probably they were probably pretty uh, down, and I was probably like, no, no, we we need to look elsewhere. That's not it. But I've seen what he's been able to do at Marquette with that style, and I think that would be awesome here, like you do, Ash but he does need to do something this year because last year was a good chance for him. And Don't get me I wrong. Lost, I think they lost in the second week or second game. The, yeah, he the, lost the in the first weekend play, last year. The style of play that he runs is is legit awesome. I Don't get me wrong there. Like, I would love that. You got to win when it counts. I, I, need, I need something. You have to give me something. This is Louisville at the end of the day. We want to yep. win. We want to win big. And if you had told me that we're considering a coach who hasn't, made any legitimate tournament success in 13 years. Yep. I, I see your what point, and here? I realize I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite when I advocate for Shaka. So I want to be – he's still there way up. He'd be number – he'd arguably be number one on my list today if he if I thought he was seriously interested. <laughs> I'm not going to put it on the screen, but tactical. But, but man, if, if he flames out in the, at the beginning again, I, I'm going to start really losing some – I still wouldn't mind him. Listen, uh, when I, they, I can't argue for him anymore because I've argued against other guys that yeah. have had the same problem. Yeah. Well, and you know what's interesting like, is like the map two years now. ago, Kyle and I were on the fence of being totally anti Shaka, and we yeah, both were on 180 saying. on that. Like that old system at Texas really turned me yeah. off. When Shaka as the five seed in Marquette, when they lose to the 12 seed, I promise you, I won't talk shit. I just, I'll just let you mourn. I promise. Yeah, right. I, I won't You'll I say, won't something. say nothing. I yeah, won't right. say, You're laughing. Hand to, hand to right. God, I, I won't say nothing. I'll just let you mourn and I'll be like, I'm sorry. I'll 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 extend I'll extend for a no, hug. I'll say I'm that's sorry. That's the worst. Not saying anything's worse than than, than talking smack because I know you're <laughs> thinking it. And then I have to analyze what you're thinking and what you're coming back. And I don't want to do that. That's worse. When they you lose know, and the then I'm gonna speed, uh, I'm going to go off off script a little bit. Uh, Desmond at the very beginning of the show put Mark Jackson, and I'm like thinking to myself, is Desmond being serious or is he just? You I know, mean, making a joke? there is a put. There's people that seriously would. I just think he would. There's a NIL and I'm thinking. Portal. I'm trying to think of the case in my head. Has he been a head coach since he got fired in Golden no, State? That's okay. No, so he had thing. success at Golden State. Yeah, I'm just let me humor me on this. I'm not saying I'm advocating for him. I'm just making the case. But he had success at Golden State prior to being fired, hmm. and then he does have Louisville connections because he when he played for Rick Pitino, which probably makes him not a candidate. But then his brother played for Denny Crum, whom Mark Jackson paid tuition while he was playing here as a walk. His son played for his Rick son Pitino played too. for Rick. Well, I forgot about his son actually, but I remember, remember Troy played for Denny. Oh, I remember Troy Escalade. Yeah, yeah. East Becky Hammond, that's the name that we really need to. Where's Trace? <laughs> oh man, um, guys, to kind of transition a little bit, let's do it. We didn't get to talk about it much last week because we got two hours into it, but football came out with their schedule last week, yeah. And 
there were some interesting things if we can pull that up. I'm terrified uh, of that first game against Austin P. You know, Connor's going to be all trolling us all oh, summer. Yeah, Connor, like, what's Connor going to do? He works in compliance for Austin P. And we play Austin P. He's going to have to wear like a Louisville shirt and an Austin P hat. That's a conflict of interest, Connor. Yeah, you're going to have to bow out, man. Oh, he's going to be rooting against Louisville. But uh, the biggest thing I know is, is anybody pulling that up? I don't know. I have it right here. You want me pulled up? Yeah, oh, yeah. share it up. Yeah, let's yeah, pull let it me up. remove the banners and stuff. I'll get the I'll get the graphics off screen. Yeah. So the biggest thing I noticed is it seems like every good team has a bye week right before they play us. That I know. I saw that too. What the hell? Well, I also noticed that my, all of our games except one are on a Saturday, and 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 the one that's on Friday night's on the road. I think at BC. So that's great. <laughs> that's great news. But yeah, I saw those bye weeks, and I don't know if we can zoom I, on the on the main screen. You can't really see it. At least on the display. Or can you see it, Ash, very well? Which one? What are you looking for? The schedule. I'm looking at it, but are you able to see the words on my screen? It looks small. Well, if you if you go full screen, you can see it pretty well. Yeah. Okay. So you get Austin P first. It's kind of hard. August August 31st. And then we play Jacksonville State. We should win those, right? <laughs> Surely. And then uh, Georgia Tech. Now Georgia Tech play is tough. They played as tough as nails. So we get them we get them at home as well. So we start off with three straight home games. I didn't even realize that until we look at it right now. And so if you can win your three home games, that puts you at 3-0 and going into the Notre Dame game. You have to assume, barring major injuries, that we are going to be ranked going into the preseason. And so let's say we're ranked around number 20. Mm-hmm. We win those three games. I mean, they're not impressive games. Georgia Tech kind of scares me because I really like Brent Key, and I liked what he did against us last year, and I really like how they closed their season last year. But I don't expect them to be ranked. But, you know, I think those three first three games, if you can get up around 16 or 15 and play Notre Dame at Notre Dame, that's going to be a huge game. A huge game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys think, but – I didn't want to talk too much and go over the whole thing. Without no, the only it. thing that I wonder about, and, and I'm not familiar because I haven't kept up with Jacksonville State much in recent years, um, but I know they used to run a, an option, a heavy option offense. And, they just made the jump to uh, – If they're still running that, you know, that's always can be hard with injuries on your defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope I, I need to look and see if they're still even playing that way, but. Uh, they just made the jump to uh, FBS in the last like year or two, I believe. Yeah, they're they're brand new to FBS. Um, they were pretty solid were, last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I agree with what you all are saying. Like, I, it looks like your first three are fairly manageable. Georgia Tech will be a challenge, I think. Georgia Tech, you know, they gave us all they could give us last year, and uh, you know, it, it's going to be a tough game. I like Brent Key a lot too. You know, Notre Dame, obviously, when you look at those first four games, that's the big one that everyone's circling. You move on to the next few. You got SMU. I think that's going to be another challenging big game. Um, SMU, I think, coming into the ACC. Oh, our like, rivals, Virginia. I can't wait for Virginia, that game. That big rivalry, rivalry game. I think SMU, like, I'll let you all debate on it but i think smu could be like a real powerhouse with acc the acc move and the money they have i think over time they could they could yeah i think next year i don't know we'll see i I mean they have the potential to be really good yeah i could also see them being one of those teams we're all afraid of and then they kind of like 
go like six and six or something. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. We'll see. I want to see how they do the portal with NIL and everything because if they just back the Brinks truck up and start landing a bunch of studs in the next couple of years, then it could get scary. But, but I, I, I believe it when I see it. At Virginia scares me because we always play them. We struggle against Virginia. I don't care if they're one and six going to that game. We Dude, always Pat. struggle against freaking Virginia. It doesn't matter who our coach is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's at home, on the road, for whatever damn reason. We struggle like hell against them, and it's at Virginia. So, Hey, real quick me. note. Uh, Rivals tie. He came in and said Rich Rod is Jacksonville State's coach. They run spread. Okay, so which they're I, not now I remember. Triple, triple I do remember that now that it's it's Rich Rod. I, I totally yeah, forgot. Yeah, said special. Hopefully not. But then uh, we play. I'm worried about the Virginia game too because we head to Miami at, or no, we play Miami at home. Yeah, after Miami that. at home. So it's like you know you don't want to overlook. It seems like we always get Virginia. Well, I think we got them. Did we get them before or after Virginia Tech last year? I think actually I think we got them after. So we got them before Miami last this last season, I'm pretty sure, and, and that was a scary game, to say the least. Boston College, that, that could be intriguing. I mean, Boston College might be bad this year. They just lost their head coach kind of late in the game, too. That's so, scary. That hey, is. hey, Castellanos, come to Louisville. Transfer yeah. here. Could you imagine? That would be pretty electric, crazy. electric, man. He is. He's electrified. I know he's not going to transfer here. At Clemson, that's dream. one that we're all looking at. And I right? would love to make that trip. Uh, at Clemson, that'd be a pretty cool one. Patrick says, live pot at the tailgate. Ash and Kyle will be smoking wings, ribs, brisket, and a pork shell. We need donations for all that. Good night. That's a what? 200 bucks worth of stuff, Pat. Which game are you talking about, Pat? Georgia hey, we'll Tech? Do it. Hey, we'll do it. Let's do it. We'll do it, man. Brisket. We, we talked about it before this year. It never happened. We just got to lock a date in. That's what's brisket. I'll have to get there like 3 a.m. to start. Well, you cook it the day before and shit on Friday. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see, guys. Dude, uh, I smoked a tri-tip this weekend. It was so good. Oh, man. But uh, let's see. Keep going with the schedule. So at Boston, like Castellanos is a beast. That could so, be really tough. I could see them being good next year with the right – well, the coach thing kind of throws a wrench into it. But he's the kind of guy that can carry a team to more wins than normal. He yeah, has that man. ability, I think. I get nervous I mean, this, about that trip out to Stanford because the record for teams going to bring that up. like that are not good. The Stanford game, we're all going to be watching ACC after dark. <laughs> on It'll be on the CW. CW. You know it will. ACC after dark on the CW. <laughs> after those charmed. Yep. At midnight. Can't wait for Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer 2.0. Oh, and then man. it'll be the Cardinals versus the Cardinals, so the announcers are going to screw that oh. up. That game has CW written all over it, boys. I can't Nothing wait. makes me more mad than when announcers – refer to us as the cardinal like well that's almost as bad as l's down for me man that california thing that, that going to california for football games in conference it's, it's just so cringe you do yeah. know we're gonna be up at 1 a.m eastern time watching that game oh yeah i'm sure it'll probably be that's at 10 o'clock they'll air it and then yeah. they'll, they'll they'll kick off It'll be one o'clock hour. It's just, it's, it's, sheer I can't insanity. wait to. Discord's going to be dead. It's going to be me and Connor, and that's it. And Trey, so it'll be all be dead. about it'll the game. It'll be all, all of you are going to in there. It'll be awful. Post game show you with biscuits and gravy out the next day. <laughs> Tron says nothing hotter than charmed after dark. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, maybe in 1998. <laughs> uh, let's see. Pittsburgh at home. I We yeah. better win that. We owe them. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you know, if there's one coach that drives me nuts almost as much as Clawson, it's it's Pittsburgh's coach. Narduzzi. Pat Narduzzi. I just – we can't lose to him again. And then, of course, we end the same way we always end. But it better not be the same result. I'm still I'm guaranteeing it right now. I'm still not we over We are now. not losing to Kentucky in 304 days. Ash, we've done that. Ash, Ash, I love you, brother, but you guaranteed it the last time. <laughs> we are beating Kentucky. Okay. I appreciate your dedication. I, I'm the point where I'm so mad about what happened and even talking about it gets me boiling that we absolutely have, and it sucks because it's at UK. Here's the key thing with all that too at UK, Tyler Shuck, we have to have him healthy. Yep. Or if we don't, we have to hope like hell that whoever our backup is takes leaps of makes leaps and bounds of progress. Because the thing about UK, in the 21st century, we have beat UK one time without a quarterback that started and went to the NFL, and that was the Kyle Bolin year. Here's the thing about Kyle Bolin, though. like He came in and relieved Reggie Bonifant. They had no, you know, they had no footage of him. He came in, provided a different element. That they were not aware of. Good night. We just had a huge jump in. Hold on, real quick. Yeah, that was like a if you guys like what you guys are like, hearing, I'm not going to mess this up this time. Feel free to like and subscribe to our channel, Third Banner Pod, if you can. So I do want to say real quick, as far as this UK game, we have won with one quarterback that didn't make it in NFL, Kyle Bowen. Every other year, it was a uh, Dave Ragone, Stephon Lafours. Chris Redman, I can't remember if it was 2000, if that was his last year or not. Did he even beat you? I don't remember. That's, uh, I think he was drafted in 01, wasn't he? Did he beat UK, though, that year? Or was that the year he got smoked at Papa John's? I don't know. Because Tim Couch no, smoked. I think 99 was his senior year because it wasn't 96 his freshman year. You're probably right. But anyway, so you got Ragone LaFours. Then who do you get? You get, uh, was it after that, was it Teddy Bridgewater that finally beat him? Because we went through a streak. We went through a spell under Steve Crackthorpe where we kept losing to him because we had subpar quarterback play. And so then we get Teddy Bridgewater as a freshman. He comes in there, and that was his breakout game. We end up beating him. Then we get uh, Kyle Bowen beats him. Then we turn around. Lamar Jackson has to come in for, ironically enough, Kyle Bowen because he threw three picks in the first quarter. We got down like 21 to nothing. Lamar comes in, dominates. Then we win every game except for one with Lamar. And then ever since Lamar graduated, we have not beat UK. And none of those court now, Malik Cunningham did get drafted. That but kind of I would thing, say out of all the quarterbacks got drafted, I would argue that Malik was probably our least successful one and benefited a lot from not having a quarterback competition. So I'll say all that to say to, to summarize. Tyler Shuck, we need you to show up, show out, and stay healthy. And we need you to be there for that game, man. I think quarterback he's playing against UK. Everybody talks about the lines. Like you got to dominate the lines. That's absolutely true. But I've seen us dominate the lines and still lose the UK twice. Yeah. I think at two games in particular, we've lost to them where our offensive line did well. The Lamar game we lost. 
but our defense stunk it up. And then also the last year's game, I felt like our line did well, except for the, the defensive tackle was killing us, Walker. But I don't <laughs> feel like we got completely dominated, and we still lost. because I don't care what our season's lost, but it has been like Pat fumble. says that UK just lost in basketball. So it's always a good night when Kentucky loses. So Who they lose to what, Florida. I don't know. I didn't even know they played, to be honest. They lost to Florida. Okay. Florida. Somebody's gonna say we need to hire Florida's coach now because they beat. <laughs> no, that, did you not remember uh, Tar Heels guy up here? Oh yeah, well he I don't count. That. I like Tar Heels guy that comes in here. I do, I do like him, but sometimes I think he's trolling. So which it's he's expected. We we stink in basketball right now. It's hard not to troll us. There's no way another fan base can come here and watch our pod about basketball and and not laugh. And want to say something like it's it's that bad, but uh, I do deep. think Chuck is going to come in here and yeah, let's and, pull up Ty's. Healthy, he's going to do well. Let's pull up yeah. Ty's comment about Chuck. Ty Spalding, Rivals Publisher in the house. Uh, Ty, I didn't. I want to hear your uh, part with Ethan. I didn't get to hear it, man, because after I got off there, I got on here. So I'm curious how that went. But uh, Jeff loves Chuck. I can say that much after a conversation last week. Yeah, I mean it's pretty obvious he loves Chuck. I mean. He targeted him at the very beginning and was like, that was our first guy in a portal. He said that I want him. And I mean, honed in on him and, and landed him. So let's just hope. I know the, the the belief is that, hey, you know, his injuries he's had, none of them are lingering and are things that can fully, you can fully recover from such as collarbones. Uh, I just hope that we, we, we finally see a healthy Tyler Shuck because even though you can fully recover from those, he keeps getting injured. So mm-hmm. it's very important that he stays healthy. Well, and if he does, if he does get injured, hopefully it's, you know, if after a few games into the season to where, you know, Deuce and, and, and those guys have been able to get some reps and they're not thrown to the wolves, uh, you know, in a big spot early in the season too. Right. Right. Absolutely. Spring practice and spring game is going to be crucial. Uh, for, it is. Especially for the quarterback spot. Like, I I really hope we all do that. You know, one of the you know guys that are are staying like Brady Allen, uh, Pierce Clarkson, and you know, and even Deuce coming in. One of those guys <laughs> can really t- take the reins of that uh, second spot. So I see Pat's hashtag down there. Yeah, I can't put that on the screen, but can't put that one. Salute, up. salute to you, there. Pat. Salute to yeah. you. That was bad as a soaking one earlier. Got, I gotta give Pat a pat. Soak, um, soak for Pope is a great is a great hashtag. Soak for Pope. That's <laughs> wank for Wade. Some good ones tonight. That I put if on if you don't understand, Mark Pope coaches BYU, and and the soak for Pope thing is, is it just goes a bit far. But that was put in here earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Ty loves that one. I think Ty might have come up with that actually. Pope for Pope. Uh, are you going to claim that tie? I I said it first. I I will gladly take claim to that. Well, one. we know like Connor it. will steal anything. So Connor Connor loves to steal. I I don't come up with many things, but soak for Pope is all me. I'm I'm in. Um. So did you guys watch the game this weekend with the Ravens? And, and that's exactly what that? I want to transition into. How much man, time do I have mad. to go I in on Todd Duncan? How much time you have? As much time as he spent calling run plays. Well, that's not very much time. Damn, Pop's over. Crazy. Not a lot of time. Listen, here's my thing. 
we all, if, I mean, there's people, if your team wasn't in it, I totally, if your team was still in it and you followed them and you see them play the Ravens. So if you're like a lifelong Chiefs fan, or if you're like a Pittsburgh or Cincinnati fan, you just hate the Ravens. I get it. You can't root for Lamar. The rest of us were all in on rooting for the Ravens mm-hmm. to see Lamar get a ring. We all want it. He made the declaration on draft night after he got, you know, passed over time and time again. He won a second MVP. There was so much pressure on him in this game. And it scared me from the start. I know we got a big diehard Ravens fan in our Discord who's been a Ravens fan since before Lamar. And I know he kind of he taunted Mahomes and Chiefs a little bit for stinking in the regular season. And my argument was, dude, they're just trying to get to the playoffs. That's all they care about is getting doing as much, you know, the minimum necessary to just sleepwalk and make the playoffs, and then they're a different team. And that's exactly what he's done. I mean, he won against Miami, had an impressive game. They turn around, they go to Buffalo. I know that hurt you, Ash. They pull that one out. Mahomes played a really good game in that one. But this game here, Baltimore wasn't ready. The lights were too bright. The lights were too bright. Todd Munkin in particular, what are you doing? Why are we why are we passing the ball every single time? He like, stole the playbook or the, the play calling uh list from from Louisville's game against Pittsburgh this year. Like uh, why yeah. are you throwing the ball so much in a rainstorm? Like you know, so um all that being said, like, yeah, I don't understand it, Ash. Mm-hmm. But my big thing is here we are. Against the Chiefs, what is the Chiefs' only weakness on defense? The only weakness they have is stopping the run. What did Buffalo do the week before? They ran all over them. So naturally, you bring the number one rushing offense in. Naturally, and it's and it's a downpour, like you said. Well, they thought they could trick them. So apparently, it, it was not Mike Woodson against KP. We did not trick them. <laughs> they actually, I saw Travis Kelsey say on, on the newer, or whatever it's called, podcast, is it Newer Heights? Is that what it's called? New Heights. New Heights. I actually heard him say, he said, our goal was to score touchdown first if we got the ball. Obviously it is. But his whole point was he didn't think, he thought if they could definitely score on that first drive, Baltimore would feel the pressure and get away from what worked and try to air it out. And that's exactly what exactly they what happened. The running backs ran the ball six total times. Gus Edwards, the Gus buzz, rips off a 15-yard run in the first quarter. I don't think he got another carry until the second half. And I think he had two or three carries total by himself. They kept they kept trying to run Hill on power plays a few times they did run like it's like third and two you've got hill in the game which most of the time that's another thing that killed me is third and two and you continue to pass the ball not only do you pass it but your your closest route is like 15 yards down the field which is a long developing play well what do you think kansas city is doing on third and two they're bringing the damn house so they're bringing the house and you're taking six to seven step drops to pass the ball 15 yards down the field on third and two when you can run the ball. Yeah. What are you doing? And I feel like the defense played well. At first, the first couple of drives, they did not. But they 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 collected themselves, and they started to shut them down. Mm-hmm. But Baltimore's offense, the play calling was the worst part. Now, 
Lamar made a horrible pass in a triple coverage. It was pass interference, but he should have never thrown that ball. Yeah, it was a terrible throw. The fumble was a combination of bad protection and Lamar not having pocket awareness. You can see on that fumble, he had about 10 yards of open space. He refused to run. I think he's gotten a little bit uh, into the doubter's head a little bit about being a running quarterback and a running back and wanting to prove he can pass from the pocket. Brother, that is great. And you win the game so far, but at the end of the day, you take if they're going to give you 10 yards of open field, you take it unless you have a guy wide open and you can give him the ball quickly. But my thing is, so, so Lamar, he had his faults. Zay Flowers, man, you played a good game, but you, you taunted and it was over the top taunting. I heard a I can't remember who it was. I think it was uh, Jay or Joe Burrow, I think, said, let the players taunt, good grief. But this was way over the top. I knew they were going to throw that flag. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was way so, over the top. And yeah. then that created the opportunity to, to get pushed back, which then mean, meant you had to get a bunch of yards after the catch and stretch to get the touchdown. And that was the dagger right there. When he stretched with both hands, but it was a great play by the defense. I still don't think he should have lost the ball there, though. I think he, he – Rule number one, if you need if you need to go to first and go at the half-yard line, you do it. You don't give that touchdown up there. If you reach, you better be damn close. He wasn't close enough when he reached. And he wouldn't have to do it if he didn't commit the penalty to play before. And then all the other dumb penalties. The offsides was a brilliant strategy. Hey, it's first and five. Let's get it back to first and ten and try to keep them from getting the second. Well, Roquan just killed a man. To go off sides. The man's still laying on the field at Baltimore Stadium right now. They got like the little the white outline around his body. They still got, I mean, come on, man. Come on. The, the, the lights were too bright. Yeah, I I, I can't yeah. get past the play calling in that. Go ahead, Ty. Todd, Todd Munkin, man, he shit the bed so hard. He to me, that's a fireable offense. Yeah, I Dude, they had such a great offense in the regular season, and he just threw every bit of that away in one game. I mean, that was pathetic the way he called. It's not see Kyle. Kyle makes the point that they should run more, and I and I agree to an extent. I didn't really have a problem with them choosing to pass. It was the pass plays and the route combinations that they were calling just drives me up a wall. Like you can run quick passing game that would be the equivalent of a run, like really quick screens. As soon as you snap it, quick out, screen to flowers. They don't do any of that. There's no quick screens. When they do run a screen, it's painfully obvious. It's poorly designed. There's no there's no disguising of the screen. I remember they ran a screen, and I think Kansas City broke it up like that because it was obvious that it was coming. Um, it, Todd Munkin, man, he was horrible, horrible. Uh, you know, Lamar didn't have his greatest game, and we all know that. But um, the throw, the, you know, the, the interception, it was a bad decision. It was a bad throw. Uh, it, but it was a pi. It was. You go back and look at it. It was pi. And and Flowers, the the play that Flowers made where he gets the ball knocked out, was tough. That's a backbreaker. Um, I, I do disagree. I think he did make the right choice to extend because, you know, you have your, your life on the line at that, that, that big a game. But um, 
It was unfortunate. That I just was a bad thought it was too far away to do like to take that chance. But I mean, it's it, it doesn't. My bigger issue with that play, I can it's a bang bang. I can see the other side of that argument, and I, I can I can accept it. Uh, the bigger issue is is you would have had the ball like the I want to say like the five yard line mm-hmm. if he doesn't commit that personal foul. Instead, you're at the twenty. And now you got to run all that way, and then you have to jump. And I just feel like the play calling would have changed dramatically to where you wouldn't have been in a position where if – I mean, he would have had to catch the ball at the three-yard line, which is like two yards, and then start running stretch like that. I just feel like the play calling would have been a lot different. Would the play call have been different because the man (laughs) – Yeah, well, Ty, think about if you're five yards out, and you oh, know, no. if anybody run quick outs, yeah, they're all going to be camped out in the end zone. Well, I know. Ten yards down like the field. Todd Munkin, Todd Munkin couldn't call shit that day. My so point like, is, I, they, I don't know that they would have be been different. deep in the end zone, I think, which at that point stretching wouldn't have, stretching the ball out wouldn't have been a thing. Oh, no, he wouldn't have had somebody out in the flat to catch a quick slant. It just kills me how many times he would send Odell Beckham Jr. out on these super long developing. I'm like, and you can go back and watch a lot of his routes. He's so cooked. He's I don't cooked. care how well Todd Munkin did before that game. I, I'm, I'm, it's going to take a lot for me to get back on board with him. After he ruined that. it all in one game. Let's see. I didn't want to touch on a few comments here. Uh, let's see. Catch a fade for Wade. We, we, we like Wade. Of course, that show calls is a big thing. Uh, another Louisville podcast says KP is coming back for year three. Do you all think it's true? I personally do not. No um, way. Gonna, no chance. Touch on our podcast. That's that's what they think. That's that's cool. Um Patrick Kelly, Baltimore crapped their pants when they got behind. Yeah, they did. And that's exactly what Kelsey said. He, he said, you know, we want really want to score that first drive, score a touchdown, see how they reacted, and we, we, they folded like a cheap tent. Coaching lost that game for sure, Steve says about the Baltimore game. Ravens have the best offense inside the two or three yards. Well, that Pat, that's true all year when you're a running team. Yeah. But not when you're uh, trying to aerate it out. And I know Connor will say that's not the air. I know it's literally not like Mike Leach's air raid. I was being like, I like to like, when I'm irritated with some eyes, I like to exaggerate how bad it is. Like when I'm mad at you're airing it out, I'm, I'm mockingly calling it the air raid. Because my point is, like, why are you taking a run-first team in a, in conditions that are perfect for the run against a team that's weakness is stopping the run, and you're throwing it? And the argument is, like, my argument is it's like what Jeff Brom did against Pittsburgh in the monsoon game, but he admitted, like, yeah, that was not the right decision. And I was critical of it then, but he learned from it. I hope they learn from this. Uh, now, somebody might say, well, he threw it 50-something times, and, Lamar threw it 38 times, but the time of possession was overwhelmingly in Kansas City's favor. So they didn't have the amount of chance. I think at the time of possession was more like what we saw in the Louisville-Pittsburgh game. I absolutely think Lamar would have thrown it 50 times. I mean, hell, we were at the half-yard line, and we didn't run it a single time to get out of the end zone. We threw it twice to get out of there. It's like, why are we throwing from the end zone? Well, people bring up like – the defense and they think it you know that they were playing well oh i see pat yeah i got you i mean they they did their job in holding them to 17 but they gave up so many crucial just third down conversions i mean how many times did it seem like Mahomes just flicked it to kelsey for for us for a first down conversion on a crucial you know back breaking third down 
Like they, they gave up way too many of those. And the time of possession was huge. Baltimore barely had the ball. So those 38 or so attempts came in a lot less time. It, it, they, they just hardly had the ball. They didn't really have a chance. Ty rivals. Ty says, who's still saying year three, if they're doing that on, on January 31st, they are lying. Well, I, I'm not going to say anything. All of those, you know, and I know people get stuff from that I say, that I write, and I get stuff that, that other people say and write, and people go, what do you think? What do you think? And this go back and forth thing. I don't have any, like, ill will towards anybody else. So I think people can take it that way. I just don't think there's going to be a year three. And, I mean, I'm I very confident in saying that. And, yeah, all my sources – I got all my sources are secondhand. I live in Deputy, Indiana. I don't even live down there. All my sources are secondhand. I've never met Josh Hurd in my life other than when I walked past him and shook his hand at a game one time. And the man obviously didn't know who I was, and I knew who he was. I just said, hey, uh, I don't even know what I said to him. Real quick, walked right past him, know nothing about the guy. I do trust, you know, the sources I get secondhand information from that they are much more knowledgeable and close to situations. Obviously, you don't talk about everything you hear. There's a lot of things I don't trust or a lot of things that I've just, or I've told not to say a word, but um, there are other people to hear other things and they trust what they hear apparently. Uh, and they, if they think Kenny Payne's going to get a third year, that's they're getting it from somewhere. I would assume I, I, I would absolutely like if Kenny Payne got a year three at this point, I would absolutely be floored. I, mean, I, I would be on, curious. It, I mean, I know we've had some weird things happen. I will even go as far as saying, you know, my information was incorrect that I relayed about Kenny Payne going after the UK game. I think there was reasons for that. I don't think it was simply that it was wrong, but, but you know, it ended up being wrong, the result. So I'll take that bullet. Uh, that being said, this, if it, if it goes beyond this year, I just, I'm with Robbie here. I, I cannot even pick, it, it, take all information you hear or get aside and just just think about it logically with common sense how how could you possibly do this again how you can't and it won't no freaking way the whole damn economy in downtown louisville is suffering it's not even just a a university decision anymore you're talking about your entire city The, the downtown area at least near the yum center and they're losing a lot of business yeah, it's not going to happen. Like, let's be real. Unless something weird happens where all of a sudden they win, you know, eight in a row or something to close out the season and, and just destroy people along the way and make the tournament out of nowhere. I mean, unless some weird thing happens like that. But realistically, no, we're not going to suffer through another year. Uh, let's not get carried away. Year Last year does count. The administration does count that. I don't care what coach said. Pat says Josh Hurd uses the same public restroom that I do and passes along inside info to me by writing notes on the stall door. Screenshots or it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Actually, when we screenshot pics or it didn't happen. Yeah. I guess you can't really screenshot a stall door. You know what I meant. Yeah. Pics or it didn't happen, brother. I'm ready for my new favorite hashtag. What End is it? The pain. End, End the, pain. the pain. I think I've seen that one. Play the funeral march. It's been a while, but I feel like I saw that one here one. Whoever did that was a visionary. I didn't claim I to create guys. it. I just like it. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel like we kind of hit on everything. I wanted to thank everybody for watching tonight. Uh, if this is the first time stumbling upon us, make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on your notifications so that you hear the bell uh, whenever we're going live. One thing I wanted to bring up is that we've kind of discussed it amongst us, and we are going to add a second night just due to the, the popularity of the pod. Uh, we're going to be adding a second night uh, of the week that we're going to be going live. Uh, Ty, congratulations on your new job. So he's not going to be able to join us on Wednesdays anymore. Um, so we're going to we're going to add another night, probably on Friday nights. We had to make um, an executive decision because we yeah, got that. And I'm right. really looking forward to it, to it and seeing how it helps us grow the pod. So if anybody has any suggestions on additional content that they'd like to see uh, out of the second show, feel free to shoot us that information, you know, that, yeah. the, that feedback would love to get that. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the, the show evolves and grows uh, with the second night. And Ty, I can't wait to be hitting the Friday nights with you and Good whoever to see you else back in here, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just make that real quick. I thank you guys. I've been out for a minute. Um, 2024 hasn't been the hottest of starts for me, uh, and my family, um, had the passing my grandma and I just want to thank you guys for, you know, all your support, uh, being there for me the last few weeks. It's been tough, but, um, we'll make it through and there's good times ahead and, uh, thank you all. And I look forward to the Friday shows. Um, I can't wait. I got a lot of ideas, a lot of trivia stuff, fun games, you know, uh, letting you guys call in, things of that nature. So Fridays are going to be real fun. I can't wait. And even if there's topics that we touch on on Wednesdays, you know, we can still touch on and get your perspectives on those on yeah. Fridays too, because yeah. it's no different than local sports talk. You know, the 10 a.m. crowd, uh, you know, the noon show may repeat some yeah. of the stuff from the 10 a.m. show, you know. It's just different perspectives, and we don't want to lose your perspective on the stuff that maybe gets talked on yeah. Wednesday night. And we still want be, to get that. It'll be different people, probably for the most part. Yeah, probably. different crowd. I don't I think mean, I can make a lot of Friday nights. I'll I'll try to make a few, but but I know Ty. Ty, we didn't want to lose Ty as somebody on the show. Yeah, and for him, he's in particular, he was not going to be able. He can't do Wednesdays anymore because of his new hours. So. We had a, I mean, I was kind of nervous about it. And then we finally decided like, hey, you know, Ash said, why don't we just do both? So I was like, yeah. That yeah, with work. the growth of the pod. We'll have to be creative, but yeah. we'll make it work. Fridays will be fun. I, I think, I think we can make Fridays real fun. Um, Especially when an NCAA, well, they're not calling it NCAA, but when the new EA football game comes out. Oh yeah. We yeah. might have some fun can, with that too. So absolutely. Fridays will be fun nights for sure. Maybe yeah. different than Wednesday nights. Maybe not as news oriented. Maybe we'll get hot news on Fridays, but um, it'll well, those be fun. Five, those Friday five p.m. news drops. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, but stay and tuned. Brian, we'll give you guys the exact date that that starts um, here in the coming couple of weeks. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were done, uh, Ty. So I you're good. I, I saw Brian said sorry. Th thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Thank you all. I, I appreciate all the kind words. People have reached out. Uh, I appreciate it. But like I said, good times ahead. So, And shout out to Ross. He was going to join us tonight, but he's under the weather. So hopefully you're getting better, dude. Um, and we'll get you back hopefully next Wednesday. Same thing with Pat. Hopefully he's off the path. Yeah. Pat I'm glad Pat at least could hang, hang with us in the chat. So hopefully you guys get the feeling better. I bet he was sitting. I bet that's why he uh, 
thought about the 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 bathroom stall thing because he's probably sitting in the bathroom. He had to run for that bathroom, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, Josh passes me on the way to the bathroom." Yeah. All right. Well, I thank you guys for coming on. Um, Like and subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the content, and you know, we'll be back on soon. And uh, like I said, any advice, any feedback, send me a DM mm-hmm. on Twitter under Kyle Spire or send a third banner pod a DM or Ash Ashley Ash Finn on all of our little X handles underneath there. You see him, Ty's got his on there. Send any of us, and then we'll talk about it as a group, spitball some ideas. If you if you have points of criticism, we can always get better and grow. So just let us know, man. Absolutely. All right. Till next all time. Right, go cards. Go cards, and as Ross would say, go Krogering. Go Publixing. Publixing. He changed it on us, didn't he? Nice. That's right.